Hi everyone, it's Ishan here. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone you know who would love a fresh perspective on career development from a future of work perspective. We also have a Facebook group called Build Your Talent Stack, where you'll find a support network that can help you think differently about going beyond building a T-shaped skill set to building your talent stack. Enjoy the episode. And if you're listening on the go, feel free to tag me on Instagram, where you can find me at Digital Learners Podcast. This is Ishan Chen, and you're listening to Digital Learners, the podcast focused on helping you leverage new ways of learning to build your talent stack and create a more fulfilling career. I'll share my personal journey, as well as stories from people who are challenging the status quo in how they learn, network and shape their career. The future of work is the future of learning. You never know what you might discover if you try something new. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Connor O'Malley. Connor is a former C-level executive in supply chain in the areas of fast-moving consumer goods, retail, third-party logistics in organisations across Australia and the UK. Connor now runs his own practice as an executive coach, and I thought he'd be the perfect person to profile as someone further along in their career, making the switch to a portfolio career, as well as the opportunity to learn from his experience, both as coach and senior executive on topics on leadership and personal development. Connor is someone who I think has nailed his LinkedIn video strategy. His message always stays with me. It sparks conversation and helps me think differently. In fact, I can still recall a couple of my favorite videos now, months on from watching them. So do check him out on LinkedIn. The link is in the show notes and enjoy the episode. Hi, Connor. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'd love to kick off with a bit of an introduction. Can you tell us more about yourself and what you do? Ishan, hi. Thanks very much. It's a real pleasure to be uh, on your podcast and uh, good day to all the listeners out there as well. What do I do? So I work as an executive coach and mentor. So I'm currently running my own practice, uh, working in both of those domains, which I know we'll, uh, we'll cover off later with regards to what those two domains are. Uh, my background is a, is a supply chain executive, having worked both in Australia and the UK um, in different sectors of uh, third party logistics, retail and uh, an FMCG. However, my life now really is around supporting others, um, getting to where they want to be their best selves, both personally and professionally, and really getting results um, in a personal and professional domain. So it's great to be here. Thanks very much. Fantastic. Now, one of the topics we explore on this podcast is the notion of the talent stack. And it's the idea that you can position yourself differently and stand out from the rest in how you create value by having a unique stack of skills and competency that no one else has. Now, before you were a coach, Connor, tell us about your career beforehand and tell us about how the career leaps that you've made in the past has helped you differentiate yourself throughout your career? 
Well, my, my career before becoming uh, an executive coach and mentor was ostensibly in the world of supply chain and, and also safety and uh, safety leadership, where I've got a real passion for that, uh, for that area too. Um, it was in retail, third party logistics and also manufacturing logistics, both here in Australia and also uh, prior to that in, in the UK. Um, in terms of talent stacks, it's a really, really good concept for somebody to think about uh, with regards to their career for sure. So what, what, where I went to in this question is looking at, I think there were four, I might say there were four key areas uh, where I thought there was a, a real career leap um, going right back from the day I left university. So not to bore everybody with going too far back, but I remember being taking a step from going from a management trainee into a supervision role, um, which was a first line supervisor in a distribution center. And you were off the management training scheme and you were there, you were you know, running a shift um, as a supervisor um, amongst all of those who from their career perspective had left school, done whatever they'd done. And there you were kind of like you might say in, in the pack. Um, and I knew that was the way that eventually I would go to progress my career. So I think the thing that I guess I would say that was was really I backed myself. I, I came off the management training scheme and, and had some courage to actually back myself and get into that first line management position, which is at that time what I aspired to. Um, the, the second major career leap was running my first site. Um, and that was no doubt because I had a very strong sponsor. One of the, the regional directors saw something in me. Um, so I guess you know the, the lesson there would be about people, relationships, and building relationships, and having a key executive sponsor who saw something in me and gave me the opportunity and chance to run my first site. And then another key career leap would be changing from third-party logistics uh, industry into the wholesale industry. And I think for me, that was around getting a broader perspective of business. Um, and I guess I went into the wholesale business at a operations logistics director position as the, as the SME, so the subject matter expert, but I was still learning. So a key thing for me was learning. I was learning in the world of the sales director, procurement director, you know, in a much broader context than was the case in third-party logistics. And then finally, uh, coming to Australia in 2006 uh, to join a, you know, an iconic uh, business in Australia at the time called National Foods, now Lion Dairy and Drinks, with a huge brand portfolio of, uh, of dairy and juice um, products that, uh, that the consumers buy. So again, there was some, you know, being the SME, there was a lot of uh, retail logistics from a UK perspective that I believe that the organization the CEO was buying um, but, but I also hope and believe that there was an element of use the word presence um, that I believe I brought to the leadership team and, and that's one of the reasons that the CEO gave me that opportunity um, so there, there's four key um, career leaps if you like each I believe with a, a particular aspect as to how and why that was made yeah so Connor you mentioned that they they saw something in you what would you say it is that they saw in you so you mentioned presence what else like I guess can you tell us more about that because you're very humble in the way that you talked about your career because you've actually you know been in quite senior positions uh, throughout this time but what would you say you know what were the qualities that people saw in you or the experience that they saw in you that allowed them to back you in making each career leap? I think trust would be a word um, and actually delivering uh, on the promise, which we'll talk about at a later uh, later stage in, 
this podcast. Um, so yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, an organization and the line manager, there needs to be an element of trust, but also relationship, you know, both internally and externally. So a lot of my career has been working with customers, uh, with suppliers, and I've always wanted to see suppliers and customers with, with the same lens in terms of how you respect both of those um, sides of, if I use the supply chain dynamic. Um, and also, I believe, you know, as a team player, so something I would always try and do, and perhaps that's why, you know, I've, I've chosen to move into the world of coaching is around uh, bringing others together. So I would quite often find myself um, being a bit of a, uh, I'd like to think others can be better judges of this, but a bit of a glue on, on the team that I'm in and checking in on people, seeing if they're okay, um, to make sure that, you know, we're all uh, going in one direction. There was one colleague uh, who, uh, kind of lovingly but also mockingly i think he used to he called me uh, called me arrow boy which was quite a funny thing because you know for me it was all about sense of purpose going forward and you know really trying to bring the team to move in the same direction and, and that's you know as i know now or i believe i know now through my work as a coach and mentor around relationships and the types of conversations that we're having with our peers so you mentioned the four career leaps but what was it that sparked the next leap for you into a new career in coaching well it, it really was a particular seminal point in my career um, as a chief operating officer of a third-party logistics business and um, deciding that you know for, for the, the opportunity to to run that uh, that business didn't pan out as, as I and others um, hoped it, it might do for for whatever reason that was and it really gave me an opportunity to sit back and go, where is my career? What is it that I want to do? What am I passionate about? And, you know, other things happened uh, in my life. Um, our son kind of moved out of home uh, with his with his girlfriend and set up home. So there's a big change there. Unfortunately, my father-in-law passed away as well. So there was there were a lot of things that happened just nearly two years ago where I really took a check in on myself, my relationships. Yes. And what is it that I really wanted to do? and uh, said this is this is the space that i believe i want to go into did a lot of research a lot of talking to people so you know again we'll talk about career transition but you know those conversations i had with others to research this uh, domain of coaching what it is what it's not um you know i spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people before finally making the decision Thanks. Now, one of the things that stood out to me when we first got to know each other is that you were one of the few coaches out there that also offer mentoring as a separate service as distinct to coaching. So what's the difference between a coach and a mentor? I think, well, if I give you two words that that um, I've come across that really help define the difference between coach and mentor. So coach is ask and mentor is show. So what do I mean by that? From a coaching perspective, you're, you're asking questions to support um, and facilitate, and at times challenge, respectfully, but, but there could be some challenge in your questions for the, for the benefit of the other person. For that person to get to, let's call it a, a new place, um, either personally or professionally, by themselves. So they come through a program and a journey, feeling that they're able to um, operate more effectively, open to more possibilities, more curious, have a different mindset that they feel they've got to themselves. Whereas mentor is, there is some of coaching and mentoring, I've got no doubt, but mentoring is around um, 
this notion of show. So providing advice, using your experience, your knowledge, your wisdom. So it gives you permission as the mentor to say, when I was in this situation, you might uh, find this interesting. And you go into a story where you share your experience and see how somebody can leverage from that. In my view, in coaching, that is not something you would do. You would be asking questions to support the person get there themselves as opposed to drawing openly on your own, uh, on your own experience. So there's, for me, there's a very difference uh, between coaching and mentoring. And so the topics that you mentor, Connor, are specific to the industries that you've worked in? That's correct. So, so for me, if I do have any um, knowledge and wisdom, um, I've certainly got experience. Um, I will only mentor really in the supply chain, operations, logistics, um, and safety space. You know, uh, that's. But, but from a coaching perspective, I'm comfortable coaching in any domain uh, to support a leader or a professional get to where they want to get to, because that is by asking questions. And, and there's an argument to say that you can be a you know, equally if not more effective coach by never having worked in that uh, in that domain because you, you're not coming from a place where you're uh, that's right uh, baggaged if you like in your own listening by your own experiences because mm. um, a coach really needs to be present uh, and true for the other person and holding them as as truly legitimate without bringing their their stories um, into the, the the coaching room. Yeah. Now, for someone who hasn't engaged with an external coach before, because I know internally, um, quite often our go-to position is really to look internally for a mentor and then hopefully um, by surrounding ourselves with a few different types of mentors, um, I think people get confused by, you know, what they are able to get out of that process. So for someone who hasn't actually gone to engage an external coach before what would you say are the benefits of reaching out to one well i think the first one is to provide yourself the opportunity to talk to somebody uh, in a trusted environment so a key part of mentoring or coaching but arguably especially coaching is is trust and knowing that the conversation you have with the person who is your coach is completely confidential um, so I think that gives a freedom of, of thought. And the other one would be, you know, how many times do we just by talking out aloud and sharing what's going on in our, you know, the term I use is our inner listening, our self-talk, that we actually hear ourselves. And, you know, again, the coach is there as a kind of somebody to share with, talk to without that advice or you should do this, you should do that coming back at you. So it really gives you that opportunity to hear yourself and as you're going through that, come up with your own um, new perspectives. And I think that would be the third one is this notion of self-reflection, um, hearing yourself, giving yourself new perspectives that then by the, the skill of the coach, you can ask some pretty searching and deep questions, take you to places um, emotionally or even in, in your physiology that you don't realize how these things can all um, impact on one another. Ultimately, the impact on your thinking and the choices that you make. Fantastic. Now, every time I meet someone who has a portfolio career, the first thing that I'm curious to know is what your typical week looks like in terms of how you divide your time across the different avenues of your business. So, Connor, what does a typical week look like for you? Well, I think the first thing to say is that there is 
in this notion of a portfolio um, career, never really a typical week. Um, <laughs> so the way that I, uh, you know, having been a, you know, a supply chain logistics uh, kind of fairly disciplined uh, person in that regard, um, getting things to people on time, goods on time, is, is how do I break it down? So I work in different domains as we've spoken both coaching and mentoring and within coaching I work in two different domains with the career transition coaching and also executive coaching so I guess I look at my diary and try and break it down into into the domains and how am I getting a balance between both sides of my coaching um, and in the world of mentoring and advice but also you know you're running I'm running my own practice so there's there's business development there's building relationships talking, networking, having conversations that hopefully are there to support others. Um, but if, if things come from that, from your own practice perspective, fantastic. But really, you know, having those conversations uh, in, a, in a mood of curiosity is a key part of, uh, of, of those domains. And then as well as that, there's, you know, running your own practice. So there's admin and finance, which I tend to do uh, at the weekends. Um, and I, you know, do that with my wife and do the, do the books, if you like, on a, on a Saturday morning and get the invoices out and so on and so forth. And then a final domain, which is absolutely fundamental uh, to where I am in life, is, is learning. Mm. So, you know, I absolutely set aside time to be a learner mm. and to continue my own personal development um, to be the best executive coach, mentor uh, that, that I can be. Um, so in summary, it's domains in coaching, mentoring, business development, slash networking, conversations, running your own practice in terms of administration and finance and learning. Those are the blocks that I break my, my week down into. Yeah, I love um, that you mentioned learning because in preparation for this interview, I was looking through your LinkedIn feed because uh, you're quite active on LinkedIn and I've actually purchased a book that you recommended uh, it was called Networking with Purpose. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't get wait to get started on that. Um, That's but... by Gordon Jenkins, who, yeah. <laughs> uh, who writes, uh, you know, he's very, very strong in that field in terms of you know, how networking has a purpose and when you do it respectfully and, uh, you know, seek advice, but also believe that you've got something to offer in that networking conversation. Uh, but That's anyway, right. yes, uh, so Gordon's book is a great book. I'm glad yeah. uh, glad you felt that, Isha. And also your LinkedIn videos. I do admit that once you post a video, it gets stuck in my head because it's so poignant. And the, the one that's stuck with me forever is is for the sake of what? <laughs> yes, I, I do apologize to people now that uh, having brought that uh, question, which is, which is, you know, the philosophy, the field of study that has brought me to the coaching um, that I do is ontological coaching. Um, and that is that is a very, uh, that's a question that comes out of the ontological uh, philosophy is for the sake of what. Um, and it, it's, it's in a particular area where you're looking at um, how to ground your own beliefs or, or assessments of a situation. But actually, it's, it's a question that when it's in your life, you go, Okay, I'm going to hold myself accountable here for the sake of what am I doing this? For the sake of what am I about to right. say something in a meeting? Um, yes, it's about self accountability, is what I see for the sake of what. <laughs> so I'm glad it's in your life, but I apologize as well because it's, uh, it's something that holds us very accountable to. <laughs> That's right. Um, now, speaking of the different avenues uh, of coaching that you offer, and one of them is transition coaching. 
Now, a theme yeah. that's emerged in many conversations with my colleagues and friends who are facing significant change in their career is the uncertainty about where to from here, which path do I take? And there's a sense of fear that, you know, with each decision, what might they regret later on, even if it's very tempting right now. So I'd love to know if you have any tips on how someone can gain better clarity and make better decisions when you're going through significant change, such as a career change. Well, I think um, I'll answer this in in two two ways. One at a headline level is I truly believe, um, which is part of the, the coaching that I do, both in career coaching, executive, executive coaching, um, this idea or philosophy of observe, choose and act. So how do we observe ourselves? And that's in three different domains of, you know, our language, our emotions and our physiology and what's really going on for us. So the, the first part is absolutely observing ourselves and what's really going on for us, where we are in life. Um, and then it is around making some choices, which I'll come back to, um, and then taking action. But specifically in career transition coaching, um, I always start with um, a new a new client or somebody I'm working with, asking them to be able to answer these two questions when they're asked by somebody else. So picture we're in a, having a cup of coffee with somebody you've never met before, classic networking situation. I ask my clients to answer these two questions, which is, what are you looking for? And how can I help you? So picture somebody asking you those two questions. And I believe it is absolutely the responsibility of the person who's answering those questions to have the answers in that networking conversation. So to help you answer those questions, there's a couple of questions that sit behind this, which is what matters to me in a role, both personally and professionally? And the other question is to ask ourselves is what concerns do I need to take care of in my life? So those two questions, what matters to me in a role, personally and professionally, is all about the role, but we don't just have work in our you know in our life we have a lot of other stuff that goes in our life and, and mm. there's this notion of concerns that we're taking care of our concerns in our life of which work is is taking care of a concern potentially financially or whatever it is but also saying well what do i need to take care of outside of work what concerns do i need to take care of in my life and then if we can answer those two questions i believe that will that will help the person answer the question to the third party who's asking them in that cup of coffee. And then finally, when we get the role, the job description, and we think we just about want to take it, yep, this is, it's asking the final question is, how does this role take care of what matters to me in a role? And what are my core concerns? So we actually look at this role and we hold ourselves accountable. You could almost say for the sake of what? And saying, does this role take care of what matters to me personally and professionally and does this role take care of the concerns in my life? If you can answer that question, you're probably uh, well on the way to, uh, to having the right role for you. Thanks, Connor. Now, digital disruption presents both significant change as well as significant opportunity in how we sh shape our career. 
What's your advice for someone who wants to create their own possibilities in the future of work? Uh, Isham, possibilities is such a huge word for, for me personally in, in the work that I do. Um, and and two, two words really come to, uh, to mind in relation to, to possibilities. And, and I describe these as moods. So if we talk about this notion of observe, choose, act, in the observation, uh, these are, are moods that I believe, with some support and, and coaching, um, we can find ourselves or shift ourselves into these into these moods. One of which is uh, curiosity. So if we're curious, how do we, you know, that I believe opens us up to seeing things with a different light. Um, arguably, the opposite of curiosity is anxiety. Mm. So if we're in an anxious mood or there's some anxiousness, potentially the the ability to deal with the uncertainty and certainly digital disruption is is a clear case of uncertainty mm. is um if we're anxious or in a, in a mood of anxiety it's more difficult to to deal with the uncertainty of digital disruption so hence being more curious um, and allowing ourselves to walk towards that uncertainty is uh, is key but specifically with regards to possibilities um is this notion of ambition is how can we be ambitious? And this isn't simply ambitious in our career. This is ambitious to see possibilities. Mm. So how can we be, you know, I passionate like and enthusiastic about being ambitious to see possibilities in whatever domain those possibilities are? But it's more than passion and enthusiasm. It's also having a real depth to that ambition and that am you know, in the words like uh, having the courage, I mentioned on a personal journey, you know, right back in the day, you know, having courage to to step out of a management trainee role into the supervision role, arguably that opened up possibilities that had I not had that courage, they wouldn't have come along. I might have, something else might have happened. I'm saying it was good or bad, but it might have done. So how do we have the courage, patience and perseverance in in being ambitious to open up these possibilities? And again, if I just use a you know an opposite to that, arguably the opposite of um, ambition is resignation. Mm. Uh, why bother? It's mm. too hard. Yeah. And if we if we're using those words for ourselves, then potentially we're not open to possibilities. I mean, how many times in business do we hear people go, "Oh God, why bother? Oh, yes. here's another CEO. Here's another <laughs> head on another. You know, they'll come and go. We've seen them all before." Yeah. And that that person who's coming in as a leader is kind of full of ambition, full of possibilities. And the team around them are going, oh, God, why bother? You know, it's not worth it. Nothing's going to change. (laughs) Well, seriously, how open to possibilities are those people who are saying kind of why bother? It's too hard. Yes. Wouldn't it be better if they were in a mood of ambition with some curiosity to go, do you know what? Let's give this person a go. Let's see if this new leader um, whether he or she is going to come in and, and make a difference. I'm curious as to how I can do something about this. You know, I wonder what possibilities that I can create with this new leader. That's my uh, my answer to your question with regards to digital disruption: is is being curious and being open to possibilities in a in a mood of of deep ambition. Fantastic. I love that because quite often people associate the word ambition purely with career ambition. And I'm so glad that you have opened up even broadening the definition itself to linking it with 
uh, being ambitious about uh, possibility. So I think that sums <laughs> sums up, you know, not only myself but the people who tune into this podcast um, perfectly. So thanks for that. Now speaking of gems on your LinkedIn, one of the <laughs> gems that I found on your LinkedIn was a quote that you shared, and it goes like this: "If you want to change a culture." change the conversation and that was by oh how do i pronounce this humberto maturana, maturana. Oh, yes, yes indeed. yeah so um well he, he's uh, for, for those who understand or know anything from an ontological perspective he's one of the key uh, the key thinkers and players uh, in in that uh, in that space and you know this is in the domain of language and ultimately, it's language that uh, drives the relationships, you know, in a workplace. So I'll really link conversations and relationships to one another. And uh, it, breaking that down, there's, there's such depth to to uh, to what types of conversations we can have in an organisation. So I'll I'll start there by just asking anybody who's listening to this before they have a conversation, just ask themselves, what type of conversation am I about to have here? You could say, for the sake of what am I about to have this conversation? Is it a conversation for building a relationship? Is it a conversation for stories and assessments where we just want to get what we think out on the table? Is it a conversation for recognition to actually say well done to somebody? And if it is, make sure you say well done and don't kind of labour it with with a load of other stuff that goes on <laughs> in that conversation as well. Yes. You know, be, yeah. be purposeful with the type of conversation that you want to have. So somebody leaves that conversation going, okay, I know why we had that conversation. And that's so much the case in meetings, where meetings in a workplace, you know, if we frame them by the type of conversation we're going to have, that would drive a far better outcome. Yes. So that's one aspect of culture as a network of conversations, is what type of conversation am I having? And then a, a side, uh, well, not a side, but a kind of another aspect of language is um, the words that I actually use. And a, and a key part, I haven't got time to, to go into this here, um, but I will be speaking on that in, uh, in the Supply Chain and Logistics Association in a, in a breakfast seminar in a couple of weeks, is around this idea of, you know, why would I follow, why would I choose to follow the leader as opposed to have to follow the leader? And part of that, I believe, is about how that leader um, makes requests mm. and how does that leader make offers. So are my requests as a leader time-bound? Are they clear? Do they have clarity? Um, and can somebody who receives that request, can they make an offer back to say, yeah, I understand that. I'm actually going to choose to do that for you, for us, for the team. So without going into great detail, mm. another aspect of language that is fundamental to uh, you know, to the culture of an organization is requests, offers, and promises. So what promise do I create yes. or do we create yeah. that uh, gets things done, um, which builds trust? Yes. And trust yeah. is ultimately what uh, drives a culture. Fantastic. Um, I'm nodding there profusely when I can think of so many meetings where the objective is outlined at the beginning, but then how it then carries out is another. And that's incredibly frustrating 
when it then becomes a pattern. So <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. definitely. So now it's not only for the sake of what, but also what kind of conversation uh, is firmly drilled into my mind now as I plan my meetings next week. So thanks for the tip. Uh, so linking back to an earlier thing that you mentioned around uh, you know, your average week and you mentioned that you spend a significant time learning as well. So yeah. what are you currently reading or learning? Well, I'm currently reading, along with my uh, cohort for my graduate diploma, um, Alan Steeler's book, Coaching to the Human Soul. So Alan was our um, director, of, he's the director of the Newfield Institute. And we decided that uh, he's got three books which form the basis of the graduate diploma that uh, that we've all just recently gone through. And we decided that over the next 12 months, we're going to have a little book club that keeps going yes. once a month. Yes. And we're going to read those three books um, wow. again um, to keep us you know, all together as a group, but to keep us kind of in, in that space of learning. So that's one one book. Um, and the, the other book that I just recently finished reading was... Uh, Synchronicity by Joseph Jaworski, which is an amazing, amazing read, which links for me personally, it links to that question you asked around um, digital disruption. And for me, it links to curiosity and, ha and how the world is an uncertain place. And if we embrace that uncertainty, that things come to us as opposed to we actually have to go and find them and, and seek them out and grab them, um, which is potentially something I've done in the past. And now I believe more in this idea of synchronicity that uh, if, we, if we are our best selves and we make offers to people, then things will come to us. Um, so that was a great read, Synchronicity by Joseph Jaworski. Okay, well, I'll have to look him up on Amazon and uh, add the link to the show notes for anyone that's interested. But no you've worries. got my attention with the first one, Coaching to the Human Soul. <laughs> that sounds Indeed. awesome. Yeah. By Alan Steeler. Fantastic. Now, just a few quick questions before we wrap up. What would you say is the one thing that you'd like people to take away from today's episode in terms of how to either land their next opportunity or create their next opportunity? I'll answer that in a broad context, not only with regards to career transition, but but kind of in life, and it, it's the word choice, is that we do all have choices. And mm. sometimes we don't see that we have a choice. But actually, by observing ourselves, our surroundings, our environment, um, we can see choices in front of us if we live in a mood of ambition and curiosity, and sometimes even at peace with, with what's gone on in our lives before that we can see that we have a choice. Hmm. Once we can see we have a choice, then the actions that we take come from uh, seeing what choices we have uh, in front of us. Um, and that comes from seeing you know, seeing choice and possibilities. So choice is the key word I would... Uh, yeah. Somebody wants to take something, um, what choices do I have in my career transition and how can I uh, take those choices? Fantastic. And finally, where can people connect with you online? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn, Ishan. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, and people might see that uh, I do my weekly uh, weekly video. Um, so LinkedIn, and also I have my own websites, conoromalley.com.au, and uh, there's an opportunity there for people at the, on the last page to uh, to send me a note and contact me through my website. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Connor, for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Thanks, Ishan. 
That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review and subscribe and let me know if this has helped you in any way in shaping your career goals. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook where you can find us at Digital Learners Podcast and you can find show notes for every episode at digitallearners.co.